Buying your first home is so exciting, but let's be honest, it's also overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, first you have to figure out where you want to live. Then you have to figure out if you'll be approved for a loan. Then you've got to think about inspections, closing costs, insurance, and property taxes, all on top of making the offer and hoping they accept it. It's a lot. But lucky for you, our friends at League Real Estate are here to make buying your first home an incredible experience. In fact, LeagueRE.com slash close is your one-stop shop for anything related to buying your first home. We're talking advice on mortgage lending, how to calculate your monthly payment, access to incredible agents, and so much more. So if you feel overwhelmed by everything that goes into buying a home, rest easy knowing the incredible people at League are here to help guide you through it every step of the way. They're here for you and ready to serve. So again, that's LeagueRE.com slash close for the absolute best home buying experience. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nowhere Close to Famous, where we have extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. I'm your host, Josh Story, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Brooke Seal. Hey, people. Um, today's episode... It's another winner. It, I mean, I feel like they're all winners, but this one especially <laughs> because we've got to talk to Shamira, new last name, Leonard. We did. She's one of our favorite people. She's um, awesome. A well of wisdom is maybe yeah, the honestly. best way to describe her. She's really good at living life. She really is. She's got it mastered. <laughs> <laughs> she would argue that she doesn't, which is a sign of humility, which is just another sign that she killed it. A hundred percent. That she masters life. I'm not even going to push back against any of that. <laughs> I feel like I learned a ton just getting to sit down and catch up with her and hear her thoughts on things like grief and saying yes and no to things and just processing change. So I think you're going to be blessed by listening to this. So I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation with Shamira. This can't go poorly because mm. Shamira's here. That's right. Speaking of, Shamira. <laughs> Friends, don't welcome, hype me up too much. Welcome to the podcast. We uh, couldn't hype you up too much if this whole episode was nothing but blind stop. affirmation of you. <laughs> no, that's 100%. True. That's 100% I mean, true. I'm so honored to be asked to be on this podcast. Absolutely. Honestly, I need to get something off my chest. Uh-oh. Okay. I reached out to Sham, and I was like, Sham, Josh and I would love to have you on the, on the podcast. And I had to sell her a little on it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. come hang out. Super casual. We'll yeah. just chat about you. Which is your favorite subject? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's like outside of my like little introvert box. So I'm like, I gotta be like pulled out every once in a while from that. Who better to do it box. though than Josh and Brooke? <laughs> I mean, truly, well, truly. We had a very similar conversation with Luke Sires before his interview, and he's like, "Dude, I'm super introverted. I don't think you want me on the microphone." And I was like, "No, we do." <laughs> and and his interview was gold. Like, dude had yeah. so much wisdom to share, and <sighs> so. How dare we deprive the world of letting them hear Shamira you know, on the mic? That's what I'm screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. This well, is super fun. Big fans yeah. of you guys. Um, so many things that we want to talk to you about. So many things that we could talk to you about. Uh, Let's start where we like to start, which is at the very beginning. Okay. Mm. Where are you actually from originally? Good question. So I am originally from Pflugerville, Texas. Pflugerville. So like North Austin. So if you've ever watched the TV show Friday Night Lights, that was actually filmed at my high school. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Fun so fact like, out of the gate. I was an I extra what? in the crowd and in the band. Yeah. It's like our claim to fame back home. It's Friday Night Lights. Okay, so this is our second low key episode. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So so I knew that Pflugerville was where they filmed mm-hmm. the pilot at least. But uh-huh. that's that's where where they filmed the whole 
Um, it depends. Like there is there is like a few seasons where they filmed it like at a different location okay. that was still in the central Texas area. Okay. But most of like that whole show was filmed at my high school. Like the uniforms are like my school, my oh, high school's no uniforms. Way. The dance uniforms, the cheerleader uniforms were like my high school's like uniforms. And so yeah, I mean, it was like a big deal in high school. Like we stayed after school. They like gave us pizza and we were extras. That's so awesome. I was like, what year of what year of high school was that for you? Um, my sophomore year. And then how long did they film there? Um, they filmed. So it was like very sporadic. Like they filmed during summer when like the football team was back doing two days. Band was back, and then they filmed a little bit during the fall and a little bit during the spring. Okay. Um. And yeah, it was just it was very much so like if volunteer based, but it came to a point where like we got tired of volunteering because they always needed extras, yeah. and so it was like, this is a part of like your grade, like you need to be involved. No kind way. Of thing. Yeah, because it was like pizza was not an, another selling point. We're like, well, you know, <laughs> so there is a limit on how much people will do for free pizza. Yeah. Did you TV. get to like meet any of the cast? No, I mean I got to be in the same room as them, yeah, so like the pep sure. rally scenes and like the football games, but like a, a few of my friends did. Like yeah. got to meet like Riggins and like all I'm them, so but like I just I didn't. What um are 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 there episodes that you're in that like you can like see yourself in? Um yes, but it's like super quick, y'all. Okay. Like it's I mean you blink and you miss me. So but yeah, and all my friends like I will go frame by them. frame if you give me the episode number. Yeah. I'll go frame. By I think frame. it's season two. I actually it's been on my list to rewatch it. Now it's on, it's Netflix on Netflix again. Yeah. It so just came back to Netflix. Maybe I will I'll come say back and let y'all know which one. The unfortunate thing. So so first off, I'm a huge Friday Night Lights fan. Like one of my all-time this. favorite TV shows. Hands really? down. Top three for sure. Um, season two, the worst season of all. Oh. The storyline, oh is, ju- is it just gets out of control. It's just. You like rein it in. And like most like <laughs> hardcore Friday Night Lights fans will say get through season two season one's incredible right the rest of them are awesome it's like it's like season one of the office when people are like just mm. get through season one and then it gets good and it gets it's good. gold um i feel like brooke would disagree that season one is actually good no no office. i i i well i mean i appreciate it because yeah. i'm a true fan but oh. i do tell people i'm like <laughs> just fan. get through one and and you're fine yeah yeah 100 percent but all that to say, okay, season two, I've that's the one season that I, I always skip, skip over. So now I'm Josh. now I have not to watch anymore. it. I that need is... to I need to go back. I think it's season two. Okay, it's like pretty early on. It's cool. definitely not season one. That's why I think it's season two. Yeah. Um, but that's the one. But I mean, there were several seasons, y'all, that they just filmed. And when I was living in Tennessee, like Tennessee, yeah. I told someone that I was from Fleurville, and this person stopped me and was like, <laughs> "Friday Night Lights," and I'm like. Yeah, that was fun in my high school. They're like, we're going to Austin in a few weeks to go to Pflugerville. They went to Pflugerville no to go way. see like all the filming locations. And I'm like, honestly, Pflugerville's not that exciting, but you'll <laughs> enjoy Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Hysterical. So like all, sorry, this th- this interview is not about, I'm not like No, but I'm so glad that this is where we're starting. Yeah. <laughs> so all the restaurants... Like the little diner where they're always at. Is that in Pflugerville That's too? not in Pflugerville. Okay. Um, that is at a different location. Okay. I can't remember where, but that's in that like second location that uh-huh. they shot at. Um, but at the beginning, like that little ice cream stand. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. in Pflugerville. No way. Uh-huh. Um, so as they're like driving through, that's in like parts of town back home. I love that. So when you watch it, is it like, oh, 
that's home or is it like mm, that's not a good representation <laughs> oh, of my hometown absolutely like <laughs> I mean they filmed a lot of the season when we were on our way to the state championship okay. and so like it's very nostalgic for me because I'm like this is like true like small town Texas yeah, totally. yeah. and granted now it's like morphed into like you know another part of Austin so it's a bigger city but like I mean, a lot of our town would shut down for football games. Yeah. And, like, when we went to state, the whole town shut down. People, like, drove up to Dallas for the championship game. And so it's definitely, like, very much so close to, like, yeah. how I grew up in high school yeah. and the whole football scene in Texas. Did you like that? And I ask because I think there's a certain stigma of, like, small-town Texas. Right. That either it's – so like quaint and simple uh-huh. and things are great mm-hmm. it's a great place to grow up or it's like no that place is like messed up and right there's all kinds of local politics and there's right. just weird stuff happening what was your experience like as a small town texan uh that's a good question um i had honestly had a really good experience i would say the downside is is that like everyone knows your business Mm. (laughs) and when you come back when you go back home like when I would come back for like Christmas break or spring break or anything like that like you would run into people from high school either teachers or like friends and they'd be like oh like the good old days and you're like dude I'm a junior in college like I'm I don't remember high school anymore um so there are those things where like I love it because the neighbors that I had growing up are still my same neighbors to this day. Um, Like I'm still really good friends with my best friend from kindergarten. Like she's her parents still live three houses down from us. So there are definitely some like aspects of it um, that I like dearly, dearly love. But I, so I think it was a little bit of both of like, ah, small town, um, Texas. And then it's like, Oh, but small town, Texas, you know? (laughs) And so, yeah. So a little bit of both, I think to answer your question. Yeah. Yeah, pros and cons, just like anything else. Yeah, yeah. Also, how do you spell Pflugerville? <laughs> yes. Okay, so it is, if you're like to spell out, is it mnemonically? Is that how you say it? Yeah, It's like right. Pflugerville. So it's P-F-L-U-G-E-R-V-I-L-L-E. I never would have gotten there. And the only reason I asked that question, I was like, oh, you know those trendy t-shirts that say like Fort Worth? Right. Would you ever don one that said... Pflugerville. No, but they do have back <laughs> home these little bumper stickers that say PF, and that's how you oh, know. Nice. It's putting on the map, putting Pflugerville on the map. So, um, sure. yeah, but I wouldn't don a Pflugerville t-shirt. Yeah. I claim Austin normally, and then people yeah. are like, well, what part? And I'm like, oh, Pflugerville. Yeah, nice. okay. People don't know where Pflugerville is. Yeah. Okay, and you grew up in Austin. Right. You spent time in Tennessee. Uh-huh, yeah. What I took there you to Tennessee, years. and what brought you back to Texas? Uh, good question. So I graduated college in 2015. I was going to school um, in San Antonio and was just really looking and, like, yearning for a sense of adventure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at a steady job that I liked, um, was doing ministry there, full-time young adult ministry, and was just like, okay, like, this is my time to like travel and to like see the world. Um, and so I just started applying for jobs. I'm just like, I'm just going to throw my net out there and just see what I get like in Seattle and in California and in like New York and in Tennessee. Um, and I ended up getting a few interviews at several places, but landed at a church in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was incredible. I was like 20 minutes from the Smoky mountains, which is like, So if you like mountains are your thing, it's like so relaxing after like a stressful day. Um, 
and just such a sweet season. And then what brought me back was um, I was nearing the end of like my residency program. And my boss at the time was really good friends with my boss now. And my boss was just looking for somebody in my role or somebody to take this role over and called and was just like, hey, let's do this. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to move back to Texas. I want to move to Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And here we are. And you Four got years later. over to, to Texas. I did. I did. Wow. That's just okay. crazy. I'm honestly so glad that you did move back here because <laughs> selfishly. Yeah. For plenty of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. You make every place that you are a better place. And I can say that oh. with my hand on a Bible. I mean, that is just mm-hmm. the truest statement of all time. Y'all so, so I'm stoked that you're back. I support that too. But honestly, I don't think I, I obviously knew you spent time in Tennessee. We've talked about that before. I didn't know that you had, that's what took you there where you were like, oh my God, I'm just going to pick up and move. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as someone who knows you, I would describe you as like very like steady, mm-hmm. very like type A, like uh-huh. this is the plan. This is the five-year plan. This is the 10-year plan. Right. These are my roots. So it's kind of shocking to hear, like, you were just like, nope, I'm going to pick up and go wherever. What drove that? Um, I think, honestly, just a sense of adventure and just wondering, like, what's out there? And can I really, like, pull off this quote-unquote adulting thing on my own, (laughs) you know? Um, Because I've always been, like, so close. I mean, within a decent hour's drive of, like, my family. Yeah. and so, like, for me, it was just, like, wanting to, like, get out on my own and, like, mm. see the world and travel um, and honestly be out of my comfort zone because comfort is, like, a big thing for yeah. me and, like, safety and security, like you were saying, Brooke, is, mm-hmm. like, a big deal for me. And so, for me, I think a lot of my friends, when they were like, wait, you're moving where? Yeah. When? Are you are you sure? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go work for this church, and it's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What? What? What was that like? What were some of your biggest lessons you learned? What what comforts did you lose that you had to reorient yourself around when you made that move? Yeah, I think for me, a big thing I think that the Lord revealed to me is that like he is going to be always first and foremost after my holiness over my happiness. Mm. And so he is like so like wants me to be happy. But if it's going to hinder me becoming more like him and looking more like his son, Mm -hmm. then he's just going to strip that away. And I think that's what happened when I moved Mm -hmm. to Tennessee. It's like all those comforts where I was finding my identity in my friendships and in relationships and in my job and in my grades and in school that was stripped in Tennessee. And I like Mm -hmm. started over, like did not know a soul. Um, And it was really a place where the Lord was like, okay, like all these things that you were like trying to find your identity in, like it's gone. It's just me and you. Yeah. Like, let's come to the table and, like, let's do some work. And it was very – I was very sanctifying and, like, growing here. It was rough, y'all. That first year was rough. You want to talk about the wilderness? Woo! Um, but, man, the Lord did some great stuff, and it was so fun. It was so fun. That's cool. If someone asked you – like, if a younger person asked you or even, like, a young woman who was maybe about to make a decision similar to that and she was like, Sham, what do I do? Like, should I say yes to this opportunity or should I say no? What advice would you give of, like – how to make that huge decision or even like what kept you there when it was so hard where, cause you easily could have been like, pack it up. We're yeah. going to go back to Texas. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I grappled with that a lot moving out there and then moving back. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we make it so like 
the Lord is going to say this or that, you <laughs> right. know? And I had to learn in that process that like sometimes if they're two good decisions, like let me make that caveat, like if they're two God honoring um, options, um, sometimes the Lord lets us choose mm. um, and that's okay. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes we get decision fatigue um, um, that's a good word. And not wanting to make a decision because we're like, okay, God's going to tell me. And sometimes he is, he genuinely is. Sure. But sometimes out of his kindness, he lets us choose. Like if there's two God honoring options. And yeah. so, um, I think for me though, like praying through that season of like, Lord, make it abundantly clear of where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And I need you to close doors. that need to be closed and open doors that need to be open to where it's mm. like idiot proof of like where I need to go <laughs> because I, I need that direction in this my life. This is where you put your right foot. <laughs> right, this right. This is where you put your yeah, left no foot. No yeah. questions yeah. asked yeah. whatsoever. So yeah, that's what I would say. It's just a lot of just, it's okay. Like if you're not feeling like the Lord is directing you in a direction, um, a certain direction that like, it's okay to make a decision. And especially if you're making that decision in like community mm-hmm. with mentors and prayed and praying about it, like make the decision. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets hard, it's okay. Like it's yeah. okay if it's hard. Um, life is hard, but I think finding the goodness and counting the fruit of how the Lord is moving helped me so much of like, mm. okay, Lord, this is hard, but man, today you X, Y, and Z. And so I'm going to hold on to that yeah. and remember that in the yeah. next days to come that's we should just stop uh. <laughs> Shannon, when you think back um about kind of your life and where where you've been so far what are some of the most kind of impactful shaping moments that you experienced yeah. uh, growing up yeah i would definitely say so i am a child of divorce um my parents divorced my junior year of high school, the summer before my junior year of high school. So I was 17. Oh, okay. So, you know, you're, you're like in that season where you're like trying to figure out your first off your frontal lobe is not fully developed. So there's a whole <laughs> bunch of issues there. So you're a hot mess. So you're a hot mess it. express. <laughs> and if you're a female, you're an extra hot mess express. <laughs> um, but then, you know, you're like, okay, where do I fit into the world? How does yeah. this like all work mm-hmm. out? And then you add in like, oh, and then my parents like imploded. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And my dad like cheated on my mom and there was like a whole bunch of infidelity Mm. there. And, and just like learning, I think in that season of just like one, who I am, how I'm wired, how the Lord has wired me ultimately for his kingdom. But then also like trying to process and learn just a deep grief Mm. of dealing with just some adult things as a teenager was so hard. It's so hard, man. Do so. One thanks for sharing that. When I think about grief and like mourning, I think that one of the things that I see specifically within the church is like an inability just to mourn and to right. grieve. Um, right. Remember when my my dad passed? Everyone was like, "Oh, like it's gonna be okay," or right. you know, I mean, mm. just I think trying to bring some level of comfort. Right. Um, but there was this one dude at the uh, like the visitation who pulled me aside. He was a buddy, uh, buddy of my dad's. And he goes, hey, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. He goes, no, 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 stop. stop. Mm-hmm. Like, this sucks. Yeah. And it's going to suck for a long time. Yeah. And it's okay to say that this thing sucks. Like, yeah. we're, we're going to get through it, but it sucks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he was legitimately the only person in that that entire season that had the 
perspective to say, hey, let's just be sad about this. Like, mm-hmm. your dad just died. Like, this is, yeah. like, there's no silver lining right now. Right. It just sucks, right? Right. Um, when you think about that season in your life, and it's like, wow, like, my parents' marriage just imploded. Like, my dad just cheated. Like, and just having that grief, like, how, like, how did you even begin to process that in a way that, like, that was good healthy proper morning or did yeah. you feel like you even had the tools to do that at um that age? definitely did not have the tool but praise god for counseling mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um uh, <laughs> counseling is the best sham and i talk about counseling all the time i'm a <laughs> major advocate for counseling um <laughs> but also too genuinely and i think this is why like we are so made for each other in the mm. body of christ like mm. having friends like you were saying josh that just like sat with me mm. who may not have understood who may not have had the words, but just are like, Hey, my like friend is hurting. And instead of like pulling back because I don't understand or I don't comprehend or I don't have empathy or sympathy, I'm going to lean in yeah, Mm. and I'm just going to be there. I'm just going to be a presence. And sometimes that's enough, you know, like sometimes you don't have to have words like your presence is enough and it's okay to just like let your people know like, Hey, I know you're hurting and I'm just going to be here with you as you walk Mm. through this, man. That's really good. I think, too, even how Josh articulated that question and how you answered it of, I think human beings in general are bad at grief. And we at the church should be better at it than the average, than other pockets of it. But I think it's fundamentally rooted in being human. I think that's the same reason why we're bad at decision making, because I think in our heads, the illusion of control comes more into frame and into focus when there's longevity to it. So it's like to say, oh, it's like it's going to be okay," and to almost shut off the grief helps us feel like I think we have a grasp on mm. it of like the grief's not going to overcome me because I can contain it or right. I can like put it in this box just like oh if I move to Tennessee okay that's it Tennessee for the next at least a right. decade and we like put these arbitrary numbers or goals on emotional things that aren't meant to be necessarily tangible or predictable or measurable but we do that because mm-hmm. I think we are so limited in our comprehension and capacity to process that you can say this is hard and I hate this and I'm sad and that does not mean you are saying God's not good right. or this or is going to be a hundred percent or even like for a non-believer, it, you know, even the process of you can say I don't know and that doesn't make you incompetent. Right. That doesn't make you a bad decision maker. Right. That doesn't make you woefully lost right. or like yeah. less valuable. And I just think that's such a valuable, that's what's like rattling around in my brain as we're even discussing kind of these two huge things like everyone in life is going to have to make decisions and everyone in life is going to have grief right and it's like if we can like collectively as humans get better at getting to the root of it and wrapping arms around each other and to the credit of yes to sham's point the body of christ could and should do it so much more deeply and intentionally with an eternal perspective on it too which is a whole other conversation but right i think those two things are so honestly so uh similar yeah yeah totally yeah so on that note you you just got married hey. i did i have Which, a whole husband y'all congrats husband. <laughs> i'm glad that you have a whole one and not like a half, a half one, one or like a quarter of that. one yeah, yeah. no Praise covenant God. before the lord he yeah. Yeah. the two are one he's a, he's a full one i love it um how did that experience in high school how did that shape just your view of marriage getting married yourself like was Good that question. yeah was that difficult oh Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Where do I begin? With my trauma. Um, yeah, I think for me, I, like I said, I've been 
in and out of like seasons of counseling. So I would say I'm a pretty self-aware person. Um, but man, when you're in the throes of a relationship, yeah. your trauma can pop its head up mm. in so many unique and different ways. Mm. Um, and even while like, you know, like I said, I'm married, um, like even in the midst of like marriage, it still pops its head up. And so I know, like, I remember a few times when we would fight being like, do you, do you still love me? Like asking mm. him to like reaffirm his love mm. for me because with like my dad, like the person who was supposed to care and protect for me, like I learned that like through that situation, like love is an option. Mm. Like mm. you are either in or you're out. And so in those seasons, I have learned through my husband that like, like, Hey, commitment is not a feeling. Like when I say like, I love you, like I'm committed to you, whether you are being the greatest, nicest person ever, or <laughs> you are threatening me or whatever, like not being nice to me. Um, like, yeah. So I, I mean, and I still to this day, I like fight that of like, I mean, are you sure? Like, do you still love me? Like, yeah. can you reaffirm, like yeah. reaffirm, reaffirm? Cause I like need reaffirmation. Cause I'm, mm. I'm scared you're going to leave. Like yeah. do not leave. Um, and so that is definitely one thing and learning how to like vocalize that in a relationship yeah. was hard. Um, because you know like how do you explain that to someone who has no concept right, you know totally. of that of just being like hey like i respond to you in this way because of x y and z right um and that's not necessarily because of your doing or because what of what you said it's just because this is this is the baggage that i'm carrying yeah. around and yeah. this is who i am and this is what comes with me mm. totally and so important, too, that that conversation is a two-way street on the person that's struggling to feel loved or to believe it and the person right. that is giving it. And in right. their realm is like, I'm X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm doing all the things. Like, I'm checking all the boxes. If mm -hmm. you don't feel loved, that's your ish. And it's like, how quickly do we have to work to not be defensive of like, no, you should believe me and take me at my word. And yeah. like meeting right. each other in the middle of like you asking for what you need uh -huh. and your husband meeting you in that, but also like growing together in your ability to like each mature and be healthier in certain aspects too that might even change that dynamic eventually right right yeah I mean it was it was definitely like a learning curve um for sure because I was like I'm fine like I've been doing counseling like <laughs> you know I work at a church like da, 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 yeah. and then I got Fixed a relationship it. and I'm like oh there's my trauma but I think um, <laughs> yeah it's right here hello um but the, I think the thing about trauma though is is that trauma shapes me but it doesn't make me mm. and so mm, it shapes my responses it shapes um how I interact with people but it hasn't made me you know right. and so that's what I have to remember it's like okay like where am I finding my identity in this like yeah, am totally. I looking for you for affirmation because I I want you to affirm my identity mm. um or am I looking to Christ for my identity and so I think mm. that's what I have to remind myself it's like okay my trauma shapes me like it always will like if you're a child sure. of divorce like oh it will always shape you but it hasn't made you right mm. that's such a good word because I think like we underestimate what our past does in our current relationships or future relationships, oh, right? 100%. I think that it's really easy to think that, oh, like that was in the past. That was like a part of my story or right. I was somewhat influenced by it. Um, but it can really take like a big hold in shaping. I think shaping such a great, um, a great phrase for it. So one of the biggest fights that Haley and I ever got in when we were dating was I was leaving for um, a conference. And when I got, and the day that I was flying back, she was gonna leave for a conference. So we weren't gonna see each other for about two weeks. 
and uh and i really wanted to see her before i left and she was busy she was like oh i'm so sorry i can't and i got really like bummed about it mm-hmm. and um essentially to, to make a very long long story short she grew up with her dad traveling a lot he was in sales and he was on the road road a lot and so for him just to like leave to go on a work trip was like no big deal like yeah. that's what dad does he just goes he always comes back like cool that's just how it goes like i'm totally fine fine with that um my dad never traveled like mm. didn't travel for work plus like i was talking to my dad on the phone one day and that night he went to the hospital and never came out of it mm. right mm. and so i was shaped shaped by you never know right. when this might be your last opportunity to see a person and so right. yeah. so for me it was like just the basic idea of like hey can we get br- breakfast or can i see you before i leave and her like i'm so sorry i'm busy i can't do it triggered something in me that i was right. like why am i so up in arms about this like right. it's so it's so basic and you zoom out and you're like dude chill out but you <laughs> but you realize like what what i what i was responding to was this trauma within me of like mm-hmm. yeah but what if this is the last time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my my lived experience says that that's very much a real possibility right. because mm-hmm. i've walked through that you know right and it right. took that kind of like long drawing out why do i feel this way and why right. do you feel that way um but i feel like all of that to say um if people aren't willing to do the work of looking inward to say what is shaping me right then you can just have those those like arguments and be like man what's that guy's problem or what's right. her problem and mm. stuff like that versus coming to this i think a very empathetic understanding of oh this is how you've you've been shaped this is how right. i've been shaped it's not an excuse to keep going on like this absolutely not but it provides some understanding uh-huh. to how we operate yeah yeah absolutely and i think too like all of our like everything was affected by the fall like relationships <laughs> totally, were, yeah. like not like and no relationships were not affected by the fall um <laughs> and so like sick though right <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> that'd Man. be amazing that would be a word dude i would have received that but i mean like just remembering that too of like okay like as much as i love this person who i'm like married to like our like relationship is affected by the fall i married a sinful human being and he married a very Mm. sinful human being and so (laughs) just being reminded of that too of just like just man self-awareness and counseling i could not be a bigger proponent of it it's so helpful yeah it's so helpful You know, most of us are nowhere close to famous, but it sure feels good when the people that love us most make us feel like a big deal. And a great way to do that is with a gift from Our Spare Change. Our Spare Change creates custom handcrafted jewelry that's created to specifically tell stories. You could get a special date or a meaningful phrase engraved on their stylish cuffs or even personalize it with a name. And now that it's wedding season, I can't help but think what a perfect gift that would make for a bridal party or a groom or a bride. I think Our Spare Change would be the perfect addition to the wedding season. But they've also got cute earrings and rings. And for the guys in your life, they have tie bars, cuffs, bookmarks, and keychains. We love the Southern California-based company and their passion for telling stories. So let Our Spare Change help you and the people in your life share your story by using promo code NOWHEREClose to get 20% off your purchase at OurSpareChange.com. I, off of that, I have a question. I think I've loved this convo of, you know, things do shape us, but they don't make us. I think that's such a good way to word it. I mean, that's just got counseling stamped all over it. (laughs) But, like, I think it's also worth saying, too, 
praise God, there are positive things too, I think, yeah, that shape totally. us and make us who right. we are. What are some of those for you? Oh, that's a good question. What has as a positive thing that has shaped me? Um, I think for me, I grew up in a house that genuinely just exuded joy mm. um, and a deep love for each other. And I think that's where I am like so loyal. Like that's like my nature. And so like, you're my people, like you're my people mm-hmm. and I will like love you and I will like fight for you. And just like a, and to just like a genuine like joy when I'm like around my people, I think has definitely like come from my family and just like how I was raised and how I grew up of just loving people and just mm. love and just joy just just yeah. happiness and joy that's awesome as as one of your friends that checks out <laughs> <laughs> i hope i'll so. vouch for that i'll vouch for that that's awesome um i want to ask you about boundaries really quick <sighs> oh my favorite topic because uh you and brooke and my wife that's right yes. we're in a group with Ashton. With right? Ashton, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Shout out to Ashton. Um, Ashton. So, boundaries, one, is a book, but two, it's, uh, it's a way a, of life. It's a way of life, yeah, <laughs> honestly. Um, and I think, uh, th- and so let me preface this by by saying I think that we live in a culture that has a really hard time saying no. Right. I think no is like a really dirty word for right. a lot of people. And the idea of turning someone down or saying no to going to a party or getting dinner or doing. Right anything makes people like break out in hives like i just can't say no i feel like you have mastered the art of saying no in a really good (laughs) healthy way can you tell us how you've gotten to the pinnacle of where you are you know it all started josh when i was a baby and my mother taught me how to say no (laughs) no um i think for me honestly it started my first ministry ministry job out of the gate which Mm. is such a gift because it's not everyone's story I the man that I was working for I was in my first meeting with him and I was sitting across the desk from him and he puts a table uh, puts a book on his desk slides it across and he's like if you want longevity in ministry you need to learn how to say no Mm. and it was boundaries by Dr. Henry Klopp no joke and I was like, wait, what? Like, what do you like? You know, I'm like, ministry is the best. Like, those colored glasses, yes to everything. And then, like, three months, and I'm like, Mm-mm, no, where's that book? Um, so this was also affected by the fall. Yeah, this is also affected by the fall. Um, and so, like, it is. I will say with boundaries, it is trial and error. Like, yeah. I am a, in a season where I am learning, relearning boundaries as a married woman. Yeah. Um, and it's changed a little bit, but um. I think we are so quick to say yes. Yeah. And and I am so quick to say yes to great opportunities, to things totally. that I genuinely love or people that I genuinely love and want to spend time with. Um to where like we almost burn ourselves out, which is not good and not healthy. Yeah. And so like learning and allowing yourself to let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Mm, that's so good. And being able to articulate that to people of like, "Hey, like when I say no, like I'm not saying no to be malicious or to be rude yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but i'm saying no because like this is what i genuinely feel like it's good for me or for my family or whoever um and not and not being ashamed or afraid to say that um and hopefully being in a crowd of people who can receive that no well Mm -hmm. right you know um so yeah it's it's a it's a journey it's hard it's real hard why do you think we feel shame when we say no to things 
Um, I think uh, um, depending on your personality type, it could be a uh, FOMO. Okay. Um, it could be because we want to put on this facade on social media mm. that we live this glamorous, glorious life. Yeah. Um, it could be because you genuinely want to say yes to everything. Yeah. But we are limited human beings yeah. with limited time, limited resources, limited energy. And so being reminded of that, you yeah. know, that you can't do all the things nor are you asked to right right um and so i think those are like a few of the things like fomo for sure you know wanting i think social media wanting to like post in about this like glamorous life that we live yeah and then just forgetting our that we're limited people totally hmm. i think for me i have this fear and i don't know if y'all can like but that if i say no to enough things then people are going to eventually be like right they'll just stop asking Oh, that 100% goes through my head. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. I, um, I actually pray that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> As an introvert. Shams like, pick up the hint. <laughs> Stop inviting me to things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's been, I've said no five times. Like, come on. Okay, honestly, vulnerable moment. As an extrovert, and if you're into the Enneagram as a three, my what motivates me is my ability to add value in whatever I'm in. Mm. So like in my brain, when people ask me to do something, I'm like, okay, what's Brooke Seal bringing to the table? <laughs> like, is it a punchline? <laughs> like, is it friendliness? Is yeah. it disarming? Am I like the most welcoming person in the room? Mm. Like, yeah, y'all, I'm wickedly, I'm so prideful. Even just that whole <laughs> spiel was like all me centered. No, I get it. But the, what what runs through my brain when I'm thinking through saying no and why I'm personally terrible at saying no is in my brain I get so insecure of like I think when people tell me no I have a whole gamut of questions in my head of like oh I bet they said no because they'd rather hang out with this person or they said mm. no because if our friendships on a scale of one to ten mm. I rank them at like an eight and I'm like a two on theirs and so in my head I'm I'm already projecting what they're gonna think about why I'm saying that yeah. mm -hmm. so I'm like I'll just do us both a favor and say yes yeah mm. which is not doing anybody a favor right. sometimes and right. I think I've even learned and honestly friendship with Shamira has helped me learn this I think in some way more gracious and loving ways because sometimes I went through a season where I overcompensated and said no nine times out of ten <laughs> for no valid reason other than like, like fear became a hermit yeah, hundred like, percent. Pendulum like, swung in yeah, the opposite yeah, totally. direction. Like I burned out so hard and so fast that I was like, "Okay, ground zero team. Yeah, right. We're just gonna hibernate. We're gonna disappear for maybe a year, and then we'll <laughs> right. pop back up." Say, like, Brooke, when was the last time you saw the sun? Oh, like, right, a hundred percent. Of like, did you move? Like, <laughs> what happened? But, but like, I think let your yes be yes and your no be no. The way I phrase that too is. When you say yes to something, whether or not you actively realize it, what you need to acknowledge is that in saying yes, you're saying no to X amount of things. Right. right. To let your yes be yes. What that means is being able to do it wholeheartedly, do it well, be present. Right. And so sometimes I don't say no because I want to. Yeah. I say no because I have to. Right. And, and I've gotten to where I'm very honest. I'll tell people, I'm like, I love you so much. It would be so unloving if I said yes to you right now. Right. And not even feeling the need to explain it in certain relationships but mm -hmm. i think for me it's very deep rooted in like it's all fear and it's very me centered like my yes and my no yeah. right um so right. if you're my friend and you're listening to this i'm so sorry <laughs> please the invite days. please invite me <laughs> <laughs> Never forget the i keep days. no record of wrongs <laughs> <laughs> 
so much. I think uh, one of the things that I feel like helped me a lot in this was kind of understanding and adopting like the practice of Sabbath, which mm. I, I know not everyone who listens follows Jesus, and this is kind of like an inside baseball term, sure. but um, Sabbath being just this kind of day set aside to, mm. to rest and just to refresh yourself. And what Sabbath did was because it, it was just like one day. It was like, okay, right. th- this is your one day out of the week where in order to prioritize rest and refreshment, right. you now have permission to say no to whatever does not bring you rest and mm-hmm. say yes to everything that does. And it gives you the option to say, hey, man, I can't on that day, but I could any of the other six days out of the week. Right. They're all yours if you want it. Right. Um, because it gave me just, okay, this day is about saying no to the things that just kind of drain me. Um, Sham, I know that you're also a big Sabbath gal. I am. Um, I am. What are She's some so of healthy. your like <laughs> Sabbath practices? What good you question. do? Like, like, what does Sabbath look like like for you? Ah, uh, such a good question. Once again, it's an it's an ebb and flow in this season. We're we're learning. We're yeah. going back to school. Um, but I would say I um, I'm a big proponent of turning my phone off. Mm. Um, like totally off, off. Yeah. in a drawer in the kitchen not near my person off um because my phone personally for me is a distraction mm. um and like i'm like oh i'm just gonna check this one thing yeah. and it's like four hours later i'm on my friend's cousin's friend <laughs> best friend's next door neighbor's <laughs> facebook page you right, know totally. um and so i'm a big proponent of like really turning off my phone and trying to minimize like my electronic yeah. you know capacity so like netflix like no netflix no yeah. like you know no computer no anything um i am also big about like eating a good meal mm. on my mm. sabbath um do you cook it or do you let someone else um it depends that's a good question it depends um i am i love to do chocolate chip pancakes though to Ooh, start the sabbath go. get out of my head chocolate chip pancakes get out of my head. Win. <laughs> um big proponent of chocolate chip pancakes and also um i'm a reader yeah. so like this past um friday was my sabbath i read an entire book all day let's go um just sat in a chair and just read um because that feel that fills my soul yeah um mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I'm a big writer, so I journal a lot on my Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it's just a lot of just like quiet time. So yeah. like walking or, um, you know, sometimes, very rarely, mm-hmm. I may go and have dinner with a friend yeah. or like lunch with a friend. Um, but finding things that like are truly restful, right. um, truly restore, like in a sense of like prepares me for the next week and pulls me away from like trying to find my identity and like my productivity mm. and what mm. I do and just being just by myself yeah. and just recharging. That's awesome. I could nerd out on this whole topic. <laughs> I'm having so much fun just listening. I think a question I have based off that is um, you're recently married, which we've mentioned, right. but right. you were single and lived alone for yeah. a while yeah. and you loved it. I did. Great experience. You highly 100%, recommend. 100% recommend. <laughs> did you, do you feel like as a single person, you were pressured more to say yes to more things or was it mm. harder to Sabbath or easier to Sabbath when you were single and living alone and what yeah. did that look like? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think I was pressured to say yes to more things from like my very small point of view, because I think I have through training and by God's grace, 
have done a good job of articulating my boundaries to people of like, mm. I will Sabbath one day a week. Mm. Now, do I consistently try to have it to be the same day, you know, every single week? Absolutely. But life happens, ebbs yeah. and flows, right? Um, like, I will shut off my phone at this time. I won't take work calls. I won't reply to emails. Um, and so I didn't necessarily feel the pressure to say yes to a lot of things, but I definitely feel like learning to Sabbath while married mm. is rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And my husband works nights. So I'm like, yeah. he's asleep during the day. So I should be okay. But it's like, you're trying at least, you know, cause I've been married for what a whole few months. Um, trying to learn how to like serve this person that you're with, but also like trying to rest mm. as well yeah. it's hard yeah. um and so i think it's gonna be funky there for a few more months you know sure, trying to totally. navigate that and figure that out but i think for me sabbath was way easier single oh my <laughs> gosh it was way easier yeah as most things are i would argue yeah. single person. <laughs> way easier <laughs> i i'm convinced that i'm single because god is kind to me and he's like you're so wickedly selfish oh you work that out girl man marriage is sanctified let me tell you <laughs> what's your like what are like one one or two big takeaways from marriage th thus far? Ah, mm. uh, big takeaways from marriage thus far. Um, family of origin matters. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's so funny. I mean, I always throw out this example. So my husband will leave the garage door open all day. Just leave it open. Not in Champ's house. Just leave it open because his family did that growing up. Yeah. Me, like, we, like, pulled in to the garage, and, like, that garage door was closed so quick, <laughs> we didn't even, like, get out of the car. Yeah. And so, like, navigating that and being, like, okay, why, like, asking a question, why do you do that? Like, yeah. I'm just curious. Like, your family of origin, like, matters. It truly does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the good things and the bad things. Um, Another thing that I've learned <laughs> is that, man, it is so easy, I think, for me to want to, like, look at my spouse and be like, here are all the negative things <laughs> that you do not do, where you don't compare, and, like, nitpick those things. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, it's a challenge, and I have not perfected this by any means, to, like, see those things, but yet still, like, show up and serve him. Yeah. Mm. Um, and just be like, okay, like, you're the person. Like, I chose you. Like, if I have anybody to blame in this, this is all on me, 100% on me. <laughs> you did this to yourself. I did this yeah. to myself, right? Des decisions were made. Decisions were made. Decisions Promises were, made. were exchanged. 10 out of 10 still recommend marriage. I mean, I don't want to scare your listeners. Yeah. 10 out of 10 recommend marriage. But, like, serving that person, even when you don't want to. Yeah. Oh, mm. my gosh. But knowing they're doing the same. Right. Right. That's the kicker. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. I... I Here's another question for you, Sham. Oh, As it. a self-proclaimed introvert, mm. introverts like unite, like uh. you're my introverted girl. You arguably live in a world as being in ministry. Let's just call it what it is. Uh -huh. That extroverts tend to have the upper hand. Some would say, right. or they they even arguably get elevated. Of like, hey, here's yeah. the bar. Be friendly. Be on. Right. Do all these things. Yeah. What has extroverts are for sure put on a pedestal. Yes, yeah. that's that's the phrase I was looking for. Yeah. Extroverts are definitely put on a pedestal, and it's like, oh, introverts, buck up. Like, <laughs> right. you'll do better, and one day you'll arrive. And right. it's like, I'm, I'm sorry. Right. Um, what's that like, living in a world where extroverts are 
put on a pedestal and introverts are like, all right, do it to it. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I like genuinely love extroverts. I don't know what it is, but like y'all, the amount of energy that y'all exert in a day, I exert <laughs> over like five years. Um, so I like love y'all. And I don't know also what it is. Like y'all just feel the need to adopt introverts. Like <laughs> most of my friends are extroverts and I don't know what it is. That yeah. They're just like, just come on, Sham. Like, just come over here to my party. And I'm like, no, I want to go home to my book. You know? Um, and so being in the atmosphere that I'm in in ministry, I literally work with so many extroverts. And I think for me, it has been by God's grace, like so sweet to, I feel like create pathways and avenues for introverts and for them to mm. feel like there's a space for them in the church. Yeah. Mm. Um, because we do bring valuable things like, totally. oh, for you know, sure. and I think it, it, we like niched ourselves into like what we think an introvert is. Yeah, We've put it in such a defined box. Right. Yeah. Right. And it really is like genuinely like how you recharge. Like I love people. I always joke that I'm a social introvert. Like yeah. I love people and I like hanging out with people, but mm -hmm. people wear me out right, so like totally. I reach capacity and I'm like it's time to go home yeah. like and when it's time to go home it's time to go home yeah. um and so like you know you're you know not every introvert is going to be this like anti-social right. like totally. super quiet in the corner not knowing what to do I mean totally. you do have some introverts who are like doing all these things and like are on stage and like you know mingling with people at parties and they're more introverted they recharge better yeah. by themselves um and so just being reminded of that, that like, you know, and for both also like extroverts, like I, I have a tendency to do that with extroverts, you know, too, um, of just like, there's a place for both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. We mm -hmm. need totally. each other. Yeah. Have you been listening to the rise and fall of Marsville <gasps> oh podcast? Gosh. Yes. I haven't seen you in forever. Obsessed. And I feel like this is something that we would have been talking Josh. about. I was like, say, guys, guys, it's Josh. season one is come and gone. Like we're, we're all caught up, right? No, the third right? episodes, right? There's like three episodes? No, there's, I think we're on episode five. What? Four yeah. or five? Yeah, yeah. Cut that out. They're still coming. Yeah. Okay, more um, still. So oh. I bring that up. We could have a whole conversation about that podcast, but I bring that up because the phrase in that storyline that keeps sticking out to me is that the downfall came from his charisma outpacing his character. Yep. Mm, 100%. And when, yep. when we're talking about introverts fi finding a place in the church i think that what i've oftentimes found is that a lot of the more introverted people have a level of character that's really profound and not that all introverts are inherently you know yes we are josh i <laughs> <laughs> so stand corrected yeah, yeah. you heard it here first introverts are morally superior to extroverts bunch of people pleasing <laughs> codependent losers <laughs> <laughs> said the extrovert yeah that got aggressive real fast <laughs> it did but i'm oh, i'm man. just this is me just self-counseling out I loud i said what i said uh, I, I, said I, what said, I said i said what i said um <laughs> but uh i feel like there's these really like amazing people with strong character that really never get seen because right. character isn't elevated to the same place that oftentimes the charisma pieces. Right. Mm. Right. That's would you point. say that you felt that as an introvert? Oh, a hundred percent. I would say definitely like the people who have like the charisma or the woo, you know, um, it's so easy to like want to put those people on stage or to elevate those people right. um, because they are, they're so fun. They're totally. fun loving. You want to be around those people. But I think if we're not careful in the church and as in the world um, of putting people 
in places where they're not yet fully matured or developed mm. to be, it, it could be real dangerous. And yeah. we have to mm. be aware of that. Um, and not just putting people on platforms where they don't need to be when, yeah. you know, they still have some growth and development that yeah. needs to happen behind the scenes. Mm. And it has to be a team effort too, of like right. realizing it and developing those people that have those gifts that make the stage the perfect spot for them to be. But it's like, mm. okay, like let's, let's let you grow and, and be tested a little as yeah. far right. as like, where is your character? Right. I, I was actually talking to a head pastor. This is a few weeks back. This was earlier in the summer. And, and I, and we were just going back and forth and and i said to him i said you know i'm i'm not the most talented i'm not going to be the best leader in the room but i'm going to be faithful right and i think we get in trouble when we put when we value things over faithfulness yeah right to whatever it is yeah and i think the beauty of that too is that like when you are faithful like fruitfulness comes out of faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if you're showing up and you're being faithful to what the Lord has called you to do in this season, like there's going to be fruit. And so I think so many times we look for the fruit first before Mm. we look for the faithfulness. Mm, That's good. And that's dangerous. Yeah, Yeah. totally. On that note, what are some characteristics you look for in people that draw you to them that you think point to faithfulness? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, sinfully, because I'm loyal loyalty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Um, uh, but I think, too, like, um, which is definitely, this is a big growth place for me. People who are quick, I mean, yeah, quick to listen and slow to speak. Because mm-hmm. um, I think so many times we are so, like, this is my bright idea. This is so fun. Okay. Like this person delivered it in this really fun, exciting way. We're going to go and charge the hill. And you're just (laughs) like, but what about our values? But what about our, you know, like, and so, or what are we going to do after we charge? What are we going to do after we charge the hill? Charge another one. Yeah. Charge (laughs) another one. And I have a totally new idea for that too. And with a lot of woo. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah. So I think just, looking for people who are so quick to listen and slow to speak, which I said, like, this is major place where I need to grow. Um, And people that are just like faithful who are showing up and doing the job, whether they're acknowledged or recognized or Mm. not, they're just showing up and doing it and being faithful. Yeah. Those are the things I would use to describe sham. Oh my gosh. I would too, actually. Yeah. Y'all. Y'all, my head's going to be so big after this. Good. (laughs) Let me tell you how great I am, Lynn. I know what I said. <laughs> I know what I said. I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said. Are you a coffee person or a tea person? The good news is, either way, our friends at Golden Ratio have the perfect product for you. Their coffee brews and drinks just like a cup of tea. But the good news is, it has far less acidity and 50% more caffeine than your average cup of coffee. So, if you're interested and like to get your hands on some Golden Ratio coffee, head on over to drinkgoldenratio.com and use promo code NOWHEREClose to get 20% off your purchase. Brooke, your, your jaw's going to hit the floor when I make this transition. <gasps> Do it. Because what? we're already at that point. This I is know. legitimately full blown by. 
This may, this is the part of the podcast where I get sad every week. Oh, no. Wait, I'm getting kicked out. I'm getting kicked yeah. out. Oh. We're, about oh, we're landing the plane. In due, oh. in there's due a, time. There's oh. a few questions yeah. that we like to ask everybody. You can't oh. wander about the cabinet anymore. You need to find your seat. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Buckle in. Yeah. We're starting, we're starting to put your electronics away. Yeah. And maybe duct tape the guy to the oh, seat. Gosh. Oh, gosh. Y'all, did y'all see that video? I did. I did. Unbelievable. Straight up. The world is crazy. Straight up. I don't want to talk about it. Who has that much duct tape on the plane? That was what I was concerned about. How did he get through security? Right. (laughs) Well, do they just keep duct tape in the back? On your person? Like They must. They must. How much of the airplane is held together by duct tape? (laughs) I don't even want to know. Like when you're sitting on the tarmac for two hours and they're like, we're handling it. Yeah, they're (laughs) duct taping everything. It's a technician in the back. Roy, Roy, we need another spool, man. That's, That's 100% what's happening. Yeah. On Delta Airlines. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> Honestly. Um, okay. couple fun random questions I'm if you're so down. I'm so excited. The first one. What are some of your oddly specific love languages? Uh, this is so good. Okay. The first one is I love buffalo wings. Really? Oh, y'all. Don't get me started. I love buffalo wings. Boneless or bone in? Bone in, 100%. Okay. That was the right answer. Um, uh, Yeah, I love buffalo wings. Where's um, your go-to wing place? Okay, so if I'm like out and about around the town, yeah. wing stop. 100%. Okay. Because I'm an Austinite, pluckers. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but also me and my husband have found this like super cute little local place in Arlington too that sells incredible wings. Oh. So we're just like oh, your neighborhood wing stop. My neighborhood <laughs> wing stop, you know, just trying to shop local, help all the restaurants. <laughs> so Buffalo Wings. Okay. Um I also love a good note. Like a handwritten note. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh man. It's I don't know what it is. I just love a good handwritten note. I feel so loved when someone's just like, Hey, I was thinking about you Hope you're doing good. And that's all it would need to say. Yeah. And I'm like, done. And it's so rare. It's so rare. It is. People rarely ever write like actual notes. Yeah. It's a a lost art for sure. Yeah. 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 And if we're going to go like five love languages, my love language is gifts. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love a good gift. So wedding season was... Amazing. Oh, just man. <laughs> peak I would, sham time. I would come home to like boxes on the front step, and I'm like, oh, "This is the best day ever!" Oh my gosh, I'm like, so excited. This is how life should be all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the time. I don't care if I have to write 500 thank you notes every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, because I get to open boxes. <laughs> Did you open them all instantly? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like there was there sometimes, was no waiting. Oh yeah, I would ask like Lenny. I'd be like, "Hey, do you like want to open this?" He's like, "You're gonna find way more joy out of opening <laughs> this gift than I will." And I'm like, "Great, thanks." And I would just rip it open. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Is marriage a hundred percent? So, so you love Christmas? Oh yeah, I love Christmas. Okay. My birthday, like, and they don't need to be good gifts, you know, like in regards to like expensive, like right, a coffee or yeah. like my favorite candy bar or like yeah. flowers, you know, like I just feel super loved by gifts. Yeah, I love that. Okay, note taken. Note taken. <laughs> <laughs> um, I what is your favorite story to tell? What is my favorite story to tell? Oh, this is a good one. Okay, so it's my senior year of college. Okay. I went to UT San Antonio. The Spurs are in playoffs. Ooh, I'm nice. a oh. diehard Spurs fan. Is this back in like the Tim Duncan days? Yes. Okay. You are loyal. You're so loyal. Diehard Spurs fan, right? So I'm like sitting, not saying for finals, on Twitter, right? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? The Spurs are in finals. I'm just going to tweet the Spurs and ask for playoff tickets, right? So I'm like, hey, at 
Spurs. <laughs> I am studying for finals. I'm about to graduate in May. Would love as a graduation gift some playoff tickets, right? That's a good tweet. That's a great tweet. You know, you know, just straight to the point. I'm not going to be yeah. around the bush. I know what I want. 100%. I put my phone down and my phone starts blowing up. Like my friends are like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like people are calling me. I'm like, what? You're is trending going on Twitter. On? <laughs> the Spurs reply and they're like, congratulations. Like yeah. Congratulations on graduating. How are you still interested in getting playoff tickets? So the San Antonio Spurs, my senior year of college, for free, left two tickets at the box office. No way. For me to go see them in the playoffs. So I brought my mom and we went for free because I tweeted the Spurs. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I cried. I literally (laughs) cried. That's I was in the library bawling. You know what? I am now a Spurs fan. I know. Yeah. No, honestly. That's just good marketing. Yeah. So so I grew up hating the Spurs because I'm a Mavs fan. Oh, yeah. Mm, I know. That's fair. It's so um, rough being up here in Dallas. But <laughs> but you can't not respect the Spurs. Exactly. That's, yeah, that was a power move. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just like as like an organization. Like, they're just a classy organization. But that yeah. is just next level. I know. Like, Honestly, I mean, on them. Pop was on the floor. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's Greg Pop. And then there's this person, this person, and I'm just like crying at the entire game because I'm like, I have free tickets. Were the seats like close? Uh huh. They were good seats. No way. Um, they were super nice. They like got us like merch, like little what? merch bags, um, for me and my mom. And so like they wrote a note that like happy graduation, like congrats. I mean, y'all. That is customer service at its finest. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom was like, this is a scam. Like when I called her, she's like, this is <laughs> yeah. a scam. Like do not. And I'm like, mom, like. This like they messaged me and they're like, hey, no, they like have a we're blue serious. Check mark by their name. They, we're this fine. is legit. We're going to the game. Are you in or not? Because I will find somebody else. And they messaged me and were like, no, like we're serious. Like call us. And so I called the number and it was like this lady who was like, no, like yeah, if you're if you're in, we have some tickets that we haven't sold, so we can no leave way. two at the box office for you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a great story. So that's I saw the Spurs story. for free during playoffs in college. Way to go, Spurs. Yeah, I love that. Did yeah. they win? They did. Yeah. They did. Oh, so good. fun. So they moved on. Yeah. What I love that night. for them. Yeah. What, what a night. <coughs> As you know, this podcast is called Nowhere Close to Famous. However, oh. if you could be famous for one thing, what would that be? Um, mm, This is a good question. I would say, like, serious answer. I, like, injustice, like, drives me crazy. Yeah. Mm. So I would want to be known for somebody as somebody who like genuinely like takes to heart, like loving the orphan and caring for Mm. the widow. Mm. Um, because I just like feel one because I'm a a child of divorce and was raised by single parents, but I just feel for people so Mm. deeply sometimes who are, who have a deep need. Um, fun answer. Um, I would love to be known for playing the recorder up my nose. (laughs) Wait, yeah. wait, is that a skill that you currently have, or is uh-huh. that? Oh yeah. Wait, wait really? Gift. Yeah. Gift. No, we haven't done it in a very long time. Shemire, if you held up a recorder to your nose, I would leave the room. Oh yeah, some hot cross buns, you know? <laughs> no, you're not ready, Brickseal. I'm not. Nor do I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. This interview was going so well. I know. <laughs> you're like, man, she's so deep, and she's like, yeah. then she brought out the playing the recorder up her nose. But you've tried. Uh-huh. And succeeded. Oh, yeah. You would just like to be made famous. Yeah. 
That's what yeah, YouTube yeah. is for. Yeah. Honestly, tweet the Spurs. <laughs> tweet the Spurs. And be like, halftime show idea. <laughs> yeah. Be like, it's been a while. It's been a while. But I have a new idea. <laughs> Stay with me here. <laughs> Stay with me. And then maybe you tell your inspirational Spurs story, like from half court. Yes. And you're like, in honor of the Spurs, I'm now going to play hot, hot cross, cross buns. <laughs> you, just, you just go for it. And literally everyone in the stadium is going to be like, what in the so, world? So, all right. <laughs> That's the game. Yep. There's no there talking. There you go. That's, That's my amazing. claim to fame, y'all. That's hysterical. Uh-huh. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I can't wait for people to hear that. Yeah, I know. That's amazing, Shim. <laughs> this has been awesome. Oh, y'all are sweet. We, Time flies. We say this, I feel like, fairly often, but I mean it. We need to have have you back again because there's so many things that I wanted to talk about that we uh, just couldn't get to because of time. Like we'll have to. Like I want to talk about a like just like a do a full justice deep dive do a whole episode uh, on justice do a whole episode on i feel like we can do deep dives things. on everything we talked about but also i have like six things that we didn't even touch that oh. i'm like okay part uh, three. perfect you know listen round two sham you, you gotta give me a little recharge time and then i'll, I, I'll be back you know <laughs> i'll be back well I'm, I'm one of those obnoxious extroverts we talked about earlier so i'm we could do episode two right now <laughs> just keep it rolling just keep it rolling 100%. Yeah. all right sham you're amazing uh, I love so you guys. Much. we Thanks love for you having me Well, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Shamira. And if you did, we have many more coming your way just like it. So make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Another fun way to keep up with us is to follow us on Instagram. And you can find us at Nowhere Close to Famous Pod. As always, thanks for tuning in. Stay ordinary. <laughs>